Good morning, everyone! It's turning out to be a bright, 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 sunshiny day. Solar glare is going to blind you on the roads. Make sure you have your sunglasses on and your sun visors down. You might need a little extra time to get to work. Temperatures still in the mid-70s here in the Manchester area. Dread at Large has obtained a list of aldermen in the city of Manchester who take taxpayer-provided health and dental benefits using the state's right-to-know law. Ward 10 Alderman Bill Berry, Ward 8 Alderman Tom Katzian-Tonis, and at-large aldermen Dan O'Neill and Joe Kelly Lavasser are taking family health and dental plans. Ward 7 Alderman Bill Shea and Ward 9 Alderman Barbara Shaw take two-person plans for both, or I should say each, there we go, each Take two-person plans. The total taxpayer tab for the premium costs are just under $120,000. Last week, Dread at Large published the names of school board members taking the taxpayer-provided benefits after assisting former Hooksit school board member John Liskars with a right-to-know request. We linked, we've linked to that report showing that Ward, 1, uh, Ward 1's Sarah Ambrosi, Ward 4's Leslie Want, Ward 6's Dan Bergeron, Ward 8's Erica Connors, Ward 10's John Avard, Ward 12's Connie Van Houten, Ward 3's Mary Georges, and Ward 11's Kate DeRozier are taking uh, are costing taxpayers just under $110,000 for their health and or dental plans. So between both boards, the taxpayers are on the hook for almost a quarter of a million dollars in premium. But because both city and school uh, both the city and school district are self-insured, the premium cost doesn't represent the actual cost of providing the benefits as the city pays every dollar of every claim after the board members pay their deductibles and co-pays up to a quarter of a million dollars per claim. That seems like a good lead-in story for this next one. The Concerned Taxpayers of Manchester, a once venerable group that came to prominence in the 1990s and was instrumental in gaining the signatures necessary to put the city's tax cap on the ballot, has been resurrected. The group sent a statement announcing its reformation yesterday. Serving as officers on the board of directors will be Sean Thomas, a former aide to Mayors Ray Wazorik and Frank Ginta, former Ward 6 state rep and former Manchester City Republican Committee Chair Will Infantine, Lorraine Lenski, at-large school board member Rich Gerard, who is also a former Wazorik budget assistant, former alderman at large and one-time charter commissioner. Other members of the board include Gene Matthew, former Ward 6 alderman Nick Pappas, former Ward 5 state rep John Gemus, Ward 6 state rep Larry Gagney, conservative consultant Mike Biondo, former Ward 11 alderman Tom Robert, and Ray Hebert, who owns an electrical contracting business. Speaking for the group, Infantine said, quote, The unions mobilized their members to go to public hearings and push for higher pay and more city spending. The average taxpayer, especially the elderly, find that environment intimidating and don't show up. We're here to speak for them and to organize on their behalf so that their elected officials hear their voice, too. People who want the city to live within the tax cap and find new and better ways of doing business are the majority in this city, and we will help them be heard. The organization has sent a questionnaire out to all candidates running for office and will make endorsements based on the answers they receive. Candidate forums are also being planned. News from Backyard continues after this. Hi, I'm John Manellis, owner of Auto Care Plus. Join me every Friday morning at 7.40 for Auto Care Corner, where we'll take your calls and chat about everything you need to know about your car. Only on Gerard at Large. 
Ward 6 School Board candidate John DePietro has filed a right-to-know request seeking the investigative report that the Manchester Board of School Committee voted to keep secret at its meeting on Monday night. The report detailed the policies, charter provisions, and state laws violated when at-large school committee woman Nancy Tessier broke the confidentiality of a non-public session called to discuss personnel matters. Tessier divulged uh, the contents of the meeting, including remarks and actions she attributed to Superintendent Dr. Bolhan Vargas to the staff members who were discussed when she copied them on the email, which she sent to the entire board at its meeting on Monday, at-large school board member Rich Gerard moved to release the letter after arguing with the district's attorney over whether or not it was a public document. The board voted 9-6 to six to keep it secret. The Petro noting that the facts of the situation are not in dispute, and they aren't, said, quote, The shameful and inexcusable behavior of the Manchester Board of School Committee, including Ward 6 incumbent Dan Bergeron, to hide the facts from the public cannot be tolerated. For this reason, I am requesting a copy of the letter containing the findings of the investigation so that the citizens of Manchester can hold their elected officials accountable. This is another example of a board that's dysfunctional because it's protecting one of its own instead of the interests of the district and the kids. Hit it, Josh. The Goffstown Zoning Board of Adjustment voted to approve the variance sought by the developers of the mill at Hadley Falls project, which would build a 64-foot-high structure as part of a 99-unit condo development in the downtown. Current zoning would allow for 64 units. Board Vice Chair Gail Lebrecht, who presided over the meeting because Board Chair Alan Yaton continued to recuse himself without explanation, moved to block elected board member Emily Sandblade from participating because she'd appeared on this radio show to discuss the project. Lebrecht, holding, out, uh, holding a printout of our archive, accused Sandblade of having, quote, ex parte communications and asked the board to vote on whether or not she should recuse herself without allowing Sandblade to address the allegation of improper conduct. The board went four to nothing against her. In politely declining to accept their recommendation, good for her, Sandblade explained she'd come onto this show to discuss the various procedural irregularities surrounding the project because, she said, the public had a right to know. Imagine that. She's dangerous. Our spies in the audience report that there were about double the number of citizens who turned out from the prior meeting, many of whom spoke raising concerns about the project and its impact on the downtown schools and town services. Despite the expressed concerns, the applicants continued to paint a happy face on the project, reiterating their talking points without much attention to the issues raised by the abutters. Also discussed was that while the project would likely pay between three hundred and fifty and four hundred thousand dollars in property taxes, it would not it would only pay about sixteen thousand dollars a year for the first five years it's on the books because the project was granted a reprieve from paying taxes on the improved value by the town under state RSA seventy nine E. That what I'm told made just about everyone in the room, including project supporters, cringe. Among those voting in favor of the project was Chet Bowen, who was newly seated as a full board member immediately before the hearing and who, as a member of the town's Economic Development Council, voted to support the project back in June. In case you're wondering, the technical term for this would be board stacking. The abutters have 30 days to file an appeal and are expected to do so. That's news from our own backyard. The Empire Strikes Back. Now, wait a minute. Return of the Jedi is next.